in today's show. We're going to take a look at the NBA schedule release, how much weight we need to put on it, what's important, playoff weeks, back-to-backs, quality games, all of that sort of stuff. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here. We're going to be looking at the, um, the NBA schedule. And I think it is something that gets highly overrated usually in terms of the importance that people place on it in draft. Sure, you can make moves on it later in the season, but we all know that every team plays 82 games. We know that. Um, So if someone has one or two more games in the fantasy playoffs spread over three weeks, it's normally not that big of a deal. And if they've got those one or two fewer games there, that means they've got one or two more games at other points in the season. Of course, pretty obviously. But there are. it is a little bit different this season because, we'll talk about it in a second, but... It's a little bit different because in previous years, the last couple, the spread of games hasn't been that large. It's been the most a team plays is 12 and the fewest a team plays is 10, usually for the playoffs. And it's not that big a deal, right? That's that's yeah, two-thirds of a game a week. It's not, it's not that much. But this week or this year, it's a, it is a little bit more spread out and there are a lot more two-game weeks. And they are what can really hurt. And versus looking at overall volume of games, I think looking at those two-game weeks is almost going to be, I don't know, one of the more important things. There's just not that, there's just never really been that large amount of two game weeks throughout the fantasy playoffs or as large an amount. I don't, I don't think, well, not in recent memory, um, compared to what we, what we have at the moment or for this coming season. It is really, um, it's a difference and we have to pay attention to that. Before we talk fantasy playoffs, because that only applies to head-to-head leagues, it doesn't apply to roto leagues. Let's take a look at how things start off with back-to-backs. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is important to note. Again, I don't think it influences too much about our draft decision, but the team that you want to have the fewest back-to-backs got the most back-to-backs, and that's the Clippers, because we're pretty confident that Kawhi Leonard is going to sit out the majority, if not all, of the back-to-backs, and that's 15. So that's 15 games out of 82 you wipe out straight away. He's going to play 67. I think I've got, and I'm going to double check this, I think I've got Kawhi projected at 62 games anyway. I do. Um, Maybe that's three or four too high because maybe there'll be a couple more that he misses. He might not see that every back-to-back. He probably will. I would assume that he does. That really takes a lot off. This doesn't mean that I think that you drop Kawhi Leonard out of the second round. I think you still take him there because of how good he is. But maybe it pushes to early third round. The Jazz, the Warriors, the Bulls, and the Kings also play 15 back-to-backs. There's no one really that I'm worried about on the Jazz, apart from Mike Conley, who we don't know that will remain there, and he's not really a high-value target anyway. The Warriors, that's a little bit concerning. Yeah, coming off a long playoff run, Clay with his injuries, Steph, Draymond, they've had battled plenty of injuries. 
Are they going to miss the, all 15 games? I, I would be shocked if Steph, Clay, and Draymond sit every back-to-back. I'd be more shocked if they played every back-to-back. They won't do that. They will sit quite a few of them. So this is going to push those guys down to, you would think, at least 70 games max. So that impacts those players there too. The Bulls, I'm not worried about DeRozan or Levine, really, but it does impact Lonzo Ball coming off this botched knee surgery, whatever was going on. Um, you would expect, especially the first two to three months of the season, that he sits a lot of back-to-back, so that impacts him. The Kings, I think, are going to be okay. I'm not really worried about Sabonis or Fox sitting those back-to-back. So the ones we worry about there are the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Bulls. The Wizards, these are the 14 back-to-back teams. Wizards, Spurs, Heat, Nets, Wolves, Pacers, and Blazers all play 14. Um, in terms of, yeah, Porzingis there with 14 back-to-backs. He won't routinely sit back-to-backs, only if he gets hurt. And that's the case for most of these. Butler in Miami, Lowry in Miami, they won't routinely sit back-to-backs, but they will miss a few. Um, KD and Kyrie, they won't routinely sit back-to-backs, I don't think, for Brooklyn, if they're even in Brooklyn. I don't think that's going to be, the, well, they're just going to sit every back-to-back. But again, it's if they do get hurt, then when they come back, they sit those back-to-backs. Minnesota, no real worry there. Indiana, I don't expect guys to sit back-to-backs. Portland, Dame's not going to sit back-to-backs. I'm not worried about that. The teams that play 13 back-to-backs, Dallas, Houston, Orlando, OKC, Philadelphia, Detroit, Atlanta, Boston, Milwaukee. Embiid played back-to-backs last season for most of the way. I wouldn't worry too much there. I'm not all that worried. I don't think Shea's going to routinely sit back-to-backs or Chet. I don't think it's going to be a problem for Luka. I don't think it's going to be a problem in Houston or Orlando um, or Cade in Detroit. I don't think it's a worry. Atlanta and Trey Young's not a worry. Boston, Tatum and Brown, I'm not worried about that. Giannis in Milwaukee, maybe he misses one or two. It doesn't really bother me. And then the fewest back-to-backs is 12. That's Memphis, New Orleans, which is great if you've got Zion. Toronto, the Lakers, which is great for Anthony Davis, of course. Um, Denver, Charlotte, Cleveland, the Knicks, and the Suns. So that's how the back-to-backs break down. So it probably does put a bit of a dent in Warriors, guys. It puts a bit of a dent in Lonzo Ball, although I wasn't really looking at him anyway. A bit of a dent in Kawhi Leonard. I'm not that worried about Paul George, but it does limit him a little bit, reduces a little bit of that value there. And it probably puts a little bit of a dent into, say, a Jimmy Butler or even a Porzingis in Washington because they've got that second most amount of back-to-back games. So I think that is something something to pay um, some attention to. It's also important to pay attention to BetOnline because BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, or even golf. We've got NFL preseason starting. Well, there's a game today, actually. The Bears and the Seahawks. Seahawks, three and a half point favorites. So you can get on that if you want. Or there's the uh, Panthers and Patriots tomorrow, where the Patriots are three point favorites. Everything you need is over at betonline.net. It continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today. Bet Online is where the game starts. So let's look at playoffs. Actually, this no. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Look, look at quality games. I'll have to uh, explain this 25 times this season. I have no doubt about that, and that is actually totally fine. But let's do it now, get it out of the way, and then we'll explain it later on. What's a quality game? <clears throat> game volume is important. It's very important, but when the games are played, especially on a weekly basis, it's as important, if not more important, when they are played because the NBA has these schedule differences. They don't play seven games every day. You'll have 10 games someday, three games someday. And when there's a day where there's nine games, 10 games, 11 games, 
you're going to have to be in a situation where you have to choose who do I start, who do I sit on the bench, meaning you don't get the full use of your roster. So any day where there are eight or fewer games on, that is, a, that is considered a quality game because on those days, you can play everyone on your roster. Like You don't have that problem of who do I start, who do I sit. That is under the assumption that you have the usual standard setting of 10 starters and three bench or 10 starters and four bench. Eight games will be good for you. If you run a league where you have five starters and 10 bench, well, then your quality game threshold changes. It becomes like yeah, six games or five games is a quality game threshold. But for defaults, eight games is what I'm talking about. And when you get to fantasy playoffs, that becomes important as well because you might have a team that plays 12 games and you're going to load up on Knicks players, for example. And we'll talk about this later on when we get to individual playoffs. But if five of those 12 games over the three playoff weeks are played on a 12-game Wednesday or a 12-game Friday and they're a back-end guy that you've had off the waiver wire, you're not actually going to play them. So a 12-game week becomes a seven, a 12-game playoffs becomes a seven-game playoffs and it's actually useless for you. So that's important. And while it's less important for the top-end players, because you're going to start Steph and Towns and Harden and Jokic, you're going to start them no matter what. But if, you, if they play on those high-volume days, you start them, that's fine. But it means that somebody else misses out. And if they play them more of their games on the lower-volume days, it just means that everything gets spread out more. So when we look at things, the Clippers, while they have more back-to-backs, they have by far the most quality games 60 of their 82 games are on days where there are eight or fewer games 60 of them now there are a lot of back-to-backs in there as we've mentioned but that means that you know, when you're you're deploying maybe some of your back-end clipper guys maybe it's norm power maybe it's bob covington when you're deploying those players <coughs> as i start to cough that they're not going to really interact with other guys which is great news for us the, ne- the next highest teams the Mavericks, the Warriors, and the Heat, they have 55 quality games. They're still pretty good. The Warriors are always at the top of this. So they're playing on those low-volume days. So again, the back-to-backs for the Warriors and the Heat, it gets offset a little bit here. The Mavericks have a pretty good run at things with the 55 qualities. On the back end of things, the Hornets have 47, the Hawks play 46, and the Bulls and the Pacers play 45. That is a 15-game quality game difference between the Bulls and the Clippers. So... Bad news for Lonzo with the high back-to-backs and the low-quality games. But when you're talking about, you know, I'm going to take a flyer on a Pat Williams. Or maybe you'll have a crack at Ayo Desunmu. Um, In Chicago, you realize that you, for so much of the year, like half of the games that they play are going to be on high-volume days. And you're just not going to use Pat Williams. So to me, that makes taking a flyer on a Bulls guy at the end of the draft... Williams and useless. Yeah, maybe it means taking a flyer on even an Isaiah Jackson in Indiana, which I still do like because I think Turner's get, getting traded. But if you take a flyer on a Benedict Matherin, Humpty Dumpty, if you take a flyer on Chris Duarte at the end of a draft, they just, you just might not use them. And I don't think their upside is all that high, but you just might not use them for half the season. And it's, that's, in, that's important as they sit on your bench on those high volume squish days. Squish days, I like that. I like that term. Um, yeah, so that's important. Let's look at playoffs. My recommended playoffs end on March the 19th. March the 19th is when they end. Um, that is starting on February the 27th, ending on March the 19th. 
That will eliminate a lot of tanking. It'll eliminate a lot of bullshit injuries. It'll eliminate a lot of the stuff that people complain about so much. It doesn't eliminate all of it, but it eliminates most of it. Trust me. If you are playing that system, there's a wide range of games. We've got the Heat with the most games at 12, and the Jazz play eight, which is obviously horrendously bad. Now, again, if it was a 12 to 10 variance, you wouldn't worry so much. But with so many teams playing nine or eight games over that time frame, it's not ideal. The Heat have a great schedule, 4-4-4, four, 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 and 10 of those games are quality games. The problem is they've got three back-to-backs in that group. So half of their games are back-to-backs. So you know, do you miss three games with Butler and Lowry? Maybe. That's possible. But they do have 10 qualities in that time. And again, not every like 11-game week or 11-game playoffs is created equal. You've got the Philadelphia 76ers play 11 games in this time frame. And all 11 of their games are quality games, meaning every game the Sixers play is on a day where eight or fewer games are played. So you, they're just not going to squish other guys out. Can compare and contrast that to the Grizzlies, who have only eight of their 11 games being quality games. Or even the Magic, who play 11 games with nine quality games, but only one back-to-back. So not every game, like if they play all play 11, they're not all created equal. And then you go into all that and have a look and go, well... You know, how is it spread out? Is it 4-3-4? Is it 3-4-4? Is it 4-3-3? Look, how those games are spread can make something... Now, I'm not all that worried about And we're going to talk about two game weeks later on because there's a lot of them. But the 4 versus 3 doesn't impact things too much, I don't think. As I said, Utah play 8-3-3-2 with only five quality games. It's a horrendous schedule. So if you're taking those flyers on Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, their value is, is, is marginalized in the playoffs. Now, I'm not going to not draft them because of this. I'm just not going to do that. But it is worth noting. Um, Phoenix, Chicago, the Clippers, the Pacers, the Wolves, the Mavericks, and the Cavs all play nine games in that playoff setup. Not great. Not great at all. If we look at leagues that end on March the 26th, <clears throat> which is okay. It's not the ideal situation, but it's okay for... Um, you know, trying to eliminate some of the tanking stuff. We've got, it's a little bit more, we don't have any 12-game teams for a start. We've got a bunch of 11-game teams, Brooklyn, Washington, the Warriors, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Thunder, Hawks, Rockets, Grizzlies, and Kings all play 11. By the way, if you want to check out all of this, I can't go through every single detail of every single playoff format and every single week in this show. It's impossible. If you want to check out all the details, I'll put the link to a playoff or to the fantasy or try again, to the NBA schedule grid. It'll be in the, in the description of the podcast and in the description here on YouTube. I'll, I'll drop that link in. You can go just check it out for yourself for your own individual league. Um, the Clippers only play eight games across this time frame. Seven of my home games, they play seven quality games with just one back-to-back, but only eight games. It's a 2 3, three schedule. That's pretty rough. Every one of Brooklyn's games... All 11 of them are quality games. So their 11-game schedule is much better than, say, the Grizzlies' 11-game schedule, which includes eight quality games. Again, I'm, I, I personally, when I'm drafting, I, there's just so much stuff that can change and happen from now to March that I'm not actually paying super amounts of attention to quality games and playoff schedules. I, I'd be maybe, if I'm, my playoffs end at this date, I'd be less inclined to use a Clippers guy. If my playoffs ended on my recommended date, 
the 19th, I'd be less inclined to look at Jazz players because that is an important difference. Eight games is very low. If they play 10 games, I don't care. But under 10 becomes more of a problem. Um, and, and you got like important things here, like looking at like the Nuggets play 10 games over this time frame. And you know, when, when we look at how that all breaks down, with that final game on, you know, in that week, that grand final week, which starts the 20th of March, the Nuggets play two games. So do you make a decision that you don't draft Nikola Jokic number one because you think you'll make grand final week and when you get there, he's only going to play two games? It does, it does, it, it does at least bring that question up. Normally I'd say I don't care, right? I don't care if he plays three games in grand final week, but two is important. Now, you've got to have supreme confidence in your team to be able to get through to the, the grand final matchup. And I probably, I wouldn't want to necessarily overthink it and not draft Jokic at number one with the assumption that I make the final and he only plays two. But it, it could be a deciding factor. It, it absolutely could. When you compare, yeah, um, like Embiid and the Sixers play four. Of course, Embiid might only play two. He might be out. He might play zero. That there's no guarantee, but we know that he can play four, whereas Jokic can only play two. So that that does become really interesting, especially in a grand final week, which is to me another reason maybe you don't want to. Oh no, I was gonna say you don't want to play your grand final this week because there's three teams that played two games in that grand final week, which is week 22: Nuggets, Pistons, and Heat. But even the week before, there's three games that play two, uh, three teams that play two games. If your playoffs go another week and end on April the second, a you're playing with fire, don't do it. But this is how it looks: you got three teams playing twelve games: the Kings, the Grizzlies, and the Rockets are all playing twelve games across that playoffs. That's a lot you know, compared to where everything else goes. It's a lot. Now. Towards the end of the season, the schedule for some reason squishes up a ton. You have no teams outside of the Pelicans who play double-digit quality games. They have 10 games, all 10 are qualities. But the teams that play 12, the Rockets play seven quality games. The Grizzlies play seven, and the Kings play eight. So if you're drafting Keegan Murray, if you're drafting Jabari Smith, if you're drafting a Brandon Clark because they've got 12 games across your fantasy playoffs ending on April 2nd, there's a legitimate situation where yeah, they're, they're squishing your roster on five of those 12 games. That's not great. But over this entire period, when you're and this is the last, I think, three weeks of the season, the schedule becomes very squishy. There are a lot of high-volume days over the last four weeks or so of the season. A lot. Um, the Knicks, the Cavs, the Hornets, and the Heat play nine games over this period. So it's a 12-9 to nine split which isn't as bad as the 12 to 8. You still, those nines do lose value there. So yeah, while we didn't like Donovan Mitchell for the earlier playoff finish, if he goes to the Knicks, we don't like Donovan Mitchell in this scenario. So there's a drop off there. Um, you know, so maybe some of the value of Brunson or Lamelo Ball with the Hornets there. Uh, the, the Heat playing only nine games as well with two back-to-backs could be an absolutely rotten schedule, depending on what's happened to Butler and Lowry during the season as well. So there are... We've had pretty good run with things with fantasy playoff schedules the last few years. It's pretty rough this season, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit tons of teams. There's just a lot more spread and a lot more weird stuff going on with the end of season schedule for this year. Now, I am going to talk about this, but let me reiterate this. Do not play 
until April the 9th. Do, please do not do it. It has no relevance to how good you drafted. It has no relevance to how well you traded. It has no relevance to how well you played the waiver wire. It has no relevance at all when you get to this point of the season because Xavier Simpson's going to be playing 47 minutes a game and, and putting up 30-point triple-doubles. And it means nothing. Like, who was the quickest to jump on the random Georgios Kalitzakis from this season? This is the bullshit time of the season, especially grand final and semifinal week. You do not want to play head-to-head fantasy basketball in April at all. You just don't want to do it. I cannot stress to you enough. And the amount of people that will come and go, man, Josh, I wish I listened to you and it's so bad. Next year, we're definitely not doing it. I don't say this to be a dickhead. Like, I don't say this to just for some... Like, do you think I want to say this? Hey, guys, you probably don't need to... I don't want you listening to my show in April because you shouldn't be playing then. That doesn't make sense for me. If I'm trying to, like, be selfish, I'm going to say, hey, you know what? Play to the very end of the season. Every show I do is going to be super important. You've got to play right to the end. That's better for me. But it's not. It's just ridiculous. Don't play. I've been doing this for so long. I've done 3,000 shows of this. Of talking about fantasy basketball. I know that playing in April is a disaster and you shouldn't do it. Just take a leap of faith and trust me. Do not do it. I cannot cannot stress it enough. Please, God, do not play into April. And with that, if you are persistent enough to play into April, here's what happens. In that last week, starting on March the 20th, going through to April the 9th to end the season. You have got the Grizzlies, the Jazz, the Bulls, the Kings, and the Sixers playing 12 games. That's a lot of games. The quality game numbers are embarrassing. I don't don't know why the schedule is like this. The Grizzlies play 12 games, four quality games. And that's not an anomaly. Over these three weeks, the most that a team plays, quality game-wise, is five. You are going to have packed schedules through this three-week period. Packed where you're going to have to be making start, sit, bench decisions. It's it's wild to me. Actually, you know, I lied. It wasn't five. My bad. The Clippers have seven quality games. Everyone else is... I am, I, what's wrong with my eyes? The Pelicans have eight as well. So they're two teams who have more of those qualities. Everyone else, five, four, or three. It's still not much, though. Eight quality games is not much when you're getting 11 and 12 and those other ones. Um, Cleveland and Miami play nine games over this time frame. I really, again, do not play this week. Do not play ending it this week. But I encourage you, check your fantasy playoffs and check what things you need to look at. The things you need to look at is your fantasy playoffs. You need to look at the individual week-by-week breakdowns of games. You need to look at quality games. You need to look at back-to-backs as well. And you need to look at two-game weeks. That's important. Week 19, which is the first week of, I think, the early should probably should play playoffs. The Cavs and the Nuggets have a two-game week. Week 20, I should give you the dates on these. Um, Week 19, where am I? Week 19 is the week after the All-Star break. So starting on like the 21st. Um, That's what you got these two, yeah, Cleveland and Denver. Then week 20 is starting on the, not sorry, sorry, starting on the 20th, not on the 21st. I've mucked myself up. What am I talking about? Josh, get yourself together. What are you talking about? All right, this is, scrap that. This is where we're at. 
Week 19 starts on February the 27th. Yes, okay. Cleveland and Denver play two games. Week 20 starts on the 6th of March. You have five teams play two games that week. Five of them. That's too many, man. Cleveland, not Cleveland, Jesus. Chicago, the Clippers, the Wolves, the Suns and the Spurs play two games. That's rough. Week 21, which is championship week for my first or the first recommended playoff date when you end on that March 19th. The Hornets, the Knicks and the Jazz play two games in that week. That starts on the 13th. Two games for LaMelo Ball. Two games for Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, maybe Donovan Mitchell. Two games for also maybe Donovan Mitchell in Utah. Week 22, that's the, um, that's the week that begins on the 20th of March. You've got the Nuggets with two games, championship week for a lot of leagues. The Pistons with two games, Cade Cunningham. And then two games for the Heat. That's rough. But then, as I said, the last two weeks of the NBA season are just jam-packed full of games for some reason. Big, high-volume days. No teams play two games in Week 23. No teams play two games in Week 24. So if you want even more information as to why you shouldn't play in April, you're going to have tanking, you're going to have guys sitting, and you're going to have just so many games packed into that, the teams are just going to be resting more guys to prepare for the playoffs. It's going to be a shit show. It's going to be a disaster in those weeks. I'm pretty sure of it. It's not going to be good. In terms of five-game weeks during the season, the Spurs have a five-game week in Week 5. The, who else has one? Let's see where else. I'm just checking my list. The Raptors have a five-game week in week 14. You would imagine that given the minutes they'll play that you'll get rest for Van Vliet and Siakam there. And that, are the, they're the only five-game weeks that I can see on the schedule. So just the two of them. Unless, I'm, I'm just looking at this now, trying to adjust. But I only see those two five more way, way more two game weeks, and I think all of the extra two game weeks means that those last two weeks are just jam packed for some reason. But we've got multiple two game weeks, lots of two game weeks, lots of them, and just the two five game weeks, which is great. You don't want five game weeks, but you also like to avoid two game weeks if that is at all possible. Again, I will link the schedule grid in the notes below. Some things to think about. Depend. Think about when you're playing your playoffs. Think about. Does that impact your decision on Jokic playing two games grand final week if your league ends on the 26th of March? Pay attention to it. Pay attention to the difference in some wild differences between like 11 quality games or seven quality games between teams with the same amount of games across your fantasy playoffs. This is important. I am not really going to make it influence my decisions too much. The thing that I will focus on a lot, though, is two-game weeks. That is probably where it gets a little bit more iffy. And if there are players who are similar at the top end in the first couple of rounds, I might make choices there. Again, I don't think that it would dissuade me from picking Jokic because if he play, if you play my fantasy playoffs, week one of the playoffs, he plays two games. If you play starting or finishing a week later on March the 26th, he plays two games in grand final week. They are the only team out of that group of, of teams there that play two games across that six-week playoff window. Twice. They play two games twice. I, again, I don't think it's going to dissuade me from picking him at number one, but it's at least something that comes into the conversation now that you, know, you might have a situation... You, know, you might have 
if you finish on that week, Jokic will play two grand final week. It's not great. And it is worth uh, mentioning. All right, I'll be back later today with an Oklahoma City Thunder team preview show. And then we've got the Hawks and the Warriors coming up over the weekend. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.